so glad you're sitting with me today. Come on. Hallelujah. I was to say thank you, worship team, and all the volunteers and stuff that put together. I know they had to make some changes today. Originally, Shem was leading, and uh, again, just they had to make, he's sick and wasn't able to be here, and so it's cool. Can we put our hands together for all the teams and volunteers? Thank you, sound people. Good sound, good video. Incredible. Thank you for all you doing. A big welcome to those who are watching and joining online. If the messages bless you in any way, do write to us and let us know. We would love to hear from you. We're so glad you're part of our Connect Church family. Church, can we say a big hello to those who will watch the video and podcast? We know you're there. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Recently, Anita and I, as you know, went on a miracle trip to uh, Israel. It was, it was a powerful time. You know, the miracle, we've explained it. We had, had dinner with Michael Murphy, actually. And as we were just talking, we were talking about Israel. He said, you haven't been to Israel. We're like, no. He sent some texts to some people somewhere in the world. And, in, in a, a couple of minutes later, we are going to Israel in 10 days. Everything's paid for. Everything's covered. And we're like, thank you, uh, uh, Jesus. You know, it's like, it's, it's not one of those things we have to spend a lot of time praying about. You know, it's just like, I'm going, I'm, I, I'm going just, and because I know Jesus is going to go with us when we're heading to Israel. So, so, so I was so excited uh, to be able to do it. And it really was a miracle trip. So we went on uh, what they call the Jerusalem Encounter Tour, the Jerusalem Encounter Tour. And since returning, practically every single day, everywhere I go, people are asking, what was Israel like? Even yesterday, I was in the calf. Shane Manders, mum and dad, they're there. They don't come to this church, but they're like, how's Israel? How was it? How's it going, going down? And so I'm, everywhere I'm going, I'm getting these uh, questions uh, from people. How did it impact you? And so uh, over the next two, maybe three Sundays, we'll just see how we go. I want to want to share, um, if you like, my Israel impressions and my Jerusalem encounter, and I I, I want to do it in a sensitive way. I I, I don't want to just show a slideshow and hey, look at this photo and this photo and this photo. No, I, I want to take us, if you like, on a journey of our experience of the encounter that we had while we were over there in the Holy Land. Of course, I've already shared some experiences and, and, and stories of the miracle meetups that we had there with uh, people like Mitch uh, Glasner, who uh, uh, was, had a real part to play in our salvation uh, story. In fact, I probably, probably wouldn't be a follower of Christ if it wasn't for that uh, elderly gentleman there. He organized the tour where I got saved. And again, I've shared that story. I've also uh, shared about our time looking across Across the border from the Golan Heights into war-torn ISIS-infested Syria. And the guide telling us, you want to know where the border is? You want to know where the border is with Israel and Syria? What is green is Israel. What is desert is Syria. And like these were mind-blowing little moments uh, uh, for me. And uh, of course, I've already shared, it, it, it just blew my mind. There was such a defining uh, uh, line. And yet the amazing thing was in that, that there was the same weather conditions, the same land. There was no difference on this side of the border or that side of the border. It was just on this side it was green and this side was mean. It was just dry. It was just desert. This side was alive. This side was 
did. And as I, I looked across those fruit, fruitful fields, as I looked across those, uh, those orchards, being the lesson to me as I looked into that, that, is that nothing will grow where you haven't sowed. I've shared it. And not only that, the fact that sowing wisely, because Israel was a desert, but sowing wisely can turn wilderness wasteland into fruitful fields. In other words, it doesn't matter how dry your life is. It doesn't matter how much of a wilderness you're walking through. If you're prepared to do, come on, preachers preaching, if you're prepared to do the work and sow and cultivate, even the hardest of ground can be turned into a fruitful Field. And you can watch that online. It's in Blessed Part 1, I think, of the Sacrificial Offering series. And I do want to take a, a time again to just say thank you to all those who have given sacrificially. As you know, we've uh, reached $80,000. I don't know what the newest total, uh, total is because uh, Mason and Natalie, they're on holiday. They've taken the money and run. No, they haven't. Had to. They're, they're in America right now with family. And so... Uh, and our accounts person is also uh, taking a break, a little suspicious. No, oh, that's, but we'll, when they come back, we'll have an updated total. But thank you so much for all who have given. If you are here today and you're saying, oh man, I forgot about that, I missed out, there is still an opportunity. You can go to our website and uh, go there, go to the giving section, and you can give your offering uh, there. And thank you so much if you do that. If you want to, another way, you can go out to the guest services and they will help you. But I want to thank all. All the people every week who every every week without fail so into the life of this church to enable us to do what we've got to do. Can we put our hands together for our giving community? Hallelujah! Thank you so so much. But before we went to Israel or the Holy Land, a few people grabbed me and uh, literally grabbed me. They 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 some some I was from the eight a.m. They they grabbed me. They're like, dear, uh, uh, Israel's going to make a difference in your life. So, someone said the Bible's going to come alive to you, sweetheart. And I, I'm like, if I'm honest, I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, if you say so. But the truth is, they were right. The truth is that it didn't. I think that happens because of. Context, uh, uh, context, or uh, you know, you start to see where Bible events happen. In fact, you can barely walk. Israel's so small, right? It's such a small country. You can barely walk. You know, David did that there. See that rock there? That's where David sat for 10 days and waited, and Elijah flew past. No, I don't know what on his chariots. I mean, it's just like it's, it's like it blows your mind. Every little part of Israel is just like amazing, something historically significant has happened there. And so as you get the context of that, it took for me about four days before all the puzzle pieces sort of started linking together. And I'm going, this all makes sense now. And so did Jerusalem encounter change me? Yes, much more than I thought, actually. In fact, I'm still coming to grips with what it's doing in my heart. It's, it's gone very deep. Much de- I haven't got there yet with the effect that it's had on me. So yes, it changed me. Did I, did I sense God's presence there? Yes. In a very real and tangible way. And so what I share with you today and over the coming couple of weeks, really in a way is my, I'm continuing, if you like, my, my random learnings. My random learnings why we travel. Because it's a fascinating nation, right? There's so much to so much to get used to, so much to adjust to, like, like girls with guns. 
I mean, I mean, that was just like, not guns, like, like, like guns, you know. And, and it was just amazing to me. Everywhere you go, people like Kissy, I thought of you, Kissy, because they all looked sort of like you. And, and they're sitting there, long things, with a, on their cell phone going, hey, yeah, with a machine gun. It's like, don't mess with me, babe. I'll, I'll knock your head off. So it's just like, I, I, you had to get used to that. Girls with guns, guys with guns. And I, and I got it. I understand what it's like to be a small nation where you're surrounded by every other nation who wants to annihilate you. Every other nation wants to take you off the face of the earth. And they've said it's happened once during World War II. It will never happen again. And they're ready to fight to make sure that never happens. So you have to get used to seeing things like that, just chatting with people with their machine guns. It's just, it's kind of weird. And the other thing, things like Sabbath elevators, Sabbath elevators or Sabbath lifts, you know, the Sabbath, the day of rest on Friday, once it starts, sirens start to sound across the cities, across the, uh, Israel. And it's saying the day of rest, the Sabbath is approaching. The day of rest is approaching. Isn't that good? It's got a government that sends you a message and say, hey guys, time to rest. Come on, somebody. Don't you wish our government say, hey, rest a little. You're working way too hard. Come on. So they send the sirens up, it's telling people, and they've got to get all their food prepared. They have to get everything ready. Everything changes, even in the hotel. It doesn't matter what class of hotel you're in, they ain't going to cook the food like they have the last few days. You're getting less because they're preparing everything in advance. Not only that, forget about switching your light switches on. If you want to stay and you're staying, if you're a Jewish person, you don't want to switch it. That's work. You can't do work. So before Sabbath, switch all your lights on so they all stay on through the uh, time if you want the lights on. Otherwise, use, use candles. And, and, and this, this is the thing in the hotel when we're arriving. We're coming into a place called Tiberias on the Sea of Galilee. And as we're going into Ti- Tiberias, the guy said, do not try and carry all your bags up in the hotel. We're in, in a, like a 20-story building. Don't try and go on the lift. He said, it will take you all night. He says, because it is now Sabbath. The Shabbat has started. The Sabbath has started. And you will spend all night. Here's, here's why. We're like, why? Because in, in Israel, once the Sabbath starts, you can't just go into a lift and push a button and pick which floor you want to go on to. It's Sabbath. Pushing the buttons work. And so they have... Shabbat elevators, and they just open up automatically so no one has to push any buttons. And then they go in and they stop on every single floor. Come on. Until you, come on, everybody say thank you, Jesus. I mean, it's just like, it's just, it's just amazing. Or, or other things like the Bible speaks of, and uh, you know, they walk, Jesus walked a Sabbath day's walk. What's a Sabbath day's walk? Around the city, around Jerusalem, there'll be markers and uh, places that will tell you when you cross that marker, you've walked a Sabbath day's walk. In other words, if you want to stay within the law and not break the day of rest, you have to stay within those markers. So you can walk this far, but if you step over that line, you've broken the, uh, broken the Sabbath. And so that's what it means by a Sabbath. So every town you go into, they've got a Sabbath day walk. These are the, you can walk here, but you can't walk there. If you do there, you break the Sabbath. So all these learning things. And so dishes don't get done. And all the men said, amen, hallelujah. So it's just like, it's all left until the Sabbath is over. And so all these like random learnings. And that's what I want to do over the next few weeks is just share some of those. I don't want to rush uh, uh, through it. I, 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 I want to share things that touched our heart and hopefully yours. So some, some fun facts and some faith fuel that will maybe help you in your life. So I want to begin today by talking about Caps and hats, caps and hats, not the cat in a hat, although Dr. Seuss was a Jewish German of descent. But I want to talk about caps and hats. 
Because everywhere you go in Jerusalem, where you're walking around, you will see people in the most outrageous kind of hats. There's tall ones, short ones, wide ones, small ones, all kinds of hats and caps everywhere you go. And I was fascinated by this. Wherever you walked, you could see these people. I'm like, why do they wear these different hats? And what, what's with the big hats? I mean, are they just like showing off or what, what, what's going on? And, and asking our guy, this is what he said. He said, oh no, it's very easy to understand what the caps mean. The caps and hats just simply mean this. Every hat, every person has a different kind of hat. That explains who is their rabbi. When you see that, this is like marketing for Jewish people. Come on, someone. I mean, this is like their brand name. So if you see the guy with a big pack, uh, big pack, <laughs> big, oh, I don't know about that. The guy with a big hat, you've got to understand that he follows a certain rabbi. Rabbi just means teacher. So that, that's telling everyone else, here is who my rabbi is. This is my mark. This is my brand. These are the teaching. This is the persuasion of uh, Judaism that I follow. So people wear different hats. You'll see many of the Orthodox Jews also wear, wear black as well. Why do they wear black? Because they're mourning the destruction of the temple. Many found they're still mourning today and they're believing that it's going to be built again, the third temple. But they're mourning. Other Orthodox Jews will wear different colored jackets as well as different kinds of hats. And that's telling you, again, who, what rabbi, what, whose teaching they come under. But as you go through Jerusalem, as you spend time traveling through those places. Everywhere you go, one cap more than any other is worn by most Jewish boys and men. The cap is called the kippah. And uh, I've got one here. Actually, I've got a, uh, got a couple. But everywhere you go, they will wear this. Everybody's wearing this. And again, too, if you come to a place if you come to a place of prayer or a synagogue or any kind of place like this, you actually have to wear one of these. In fact, I said we spent time approaching the Wailing Wall. You cannot go to the Wailing Wall without wearing one of these. Your head must be covered. And here's the thing. They give you one as you walk in. They'll say, but, but you must wear it. You cannot approach the Western Wall without it. Yes, yes. Okay, I just... This is called the kippah. Everybody say the kippah. So I want you to understand why they wear it. I was trying to understand why do they wear it? What is this about? And I discovered simply this, that the kippah is a symbolic reminder to every Jewish individual that God is always above you. God is always above you. It's a symbol to every Jewish child that God is over you. It's a symbol to every Jewish man that God is your covering. He is your covering. The Hebrew word kippah actually means, what it means is dome. It means dome. They're wearing a little dome, if you like, on their head. Now, if you think about architecture, all throughout Jerusalem, you can see it anywhere and everywhere. In fact, throughout the world, whether it be Jewish synagogues or Orthodox churches, every one of their roofs is covered by a what? A dome. And so it's just in big fashion, if you like, that is what they are wearing on their head. And so every roof of every synagogue and every Orthodox church is covered by a dome, reminding those who are gathering in it. Because I'm going to say again too, this is not a service. This is a gathering. This is a gathering of God's people. We don't go to church. You are the church. 
You are the church. You don't just come here, oh, I'm at church. No, you are the church everywhere. This is just the church gathering together. Come on, somebody. So that dome reminds them, reminds all those who are under, under it that God is above us. God is over us. He's over our hearts. He's over our minds. And He's over our very lives. In Yiddish, another Jewish language, the kippah is called the yamukah. Yiddish is a, a language of a mix of Hebrew and German used by those who used to live in Europe. And the word yamukah simply means this in Yiddish, means fear the king. Fear the king. In other words, what it's saying is when you wear this, you are remembering that you are to fear God. Fear God. It's reminding the Jewish man, the Jewish boy, that we have a king over us. That God is our king. The kippah is a, a constant reminder to every Jewish boy and man that no, no matter what happens to me, no matter what I go through, wherever I go, whatever I do, God is above me. And that my life, is under God. In other words, He's here. It doesn't matter whether I'm there, He's here. I am under Him. He is over me. He is my King and I will fear God. And I want to remind you today that He's here. I want to remind you today no matter where you walk, no matter where you are, no matter where you spend your time, that God is there. He's not here in the building waiting for you to come back next Sunday. Come on, I'm hoping you're going to come back. Wherever you go, His presence goes with you. You've got to understand that He is over you and you are under Him. He is over your life. He is over your heart. He is over your thoughts. He is over your deeds. God is over you. He's there. And I want you today to know he's, he's there with you. No matter what happens to you, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, He's, he's there. The Scripture says multiple times, never will I leave or forsake you. Never in the Hebrew means never. Others might leave you Others might go away. You had that friend. I thought you were my best friend and they're gone. I thought you were my favorite this and that and they're gone. But I want to tell you, we, we love a God who says He will never leave us. Come on, somebody. He will never leave or forsake us no matter where we are. He is there. He is there. Others might. He will never. In fact, the Bible says He is a very present help in trouble. Are you in trouble today? Are you walking through difficulties today? He is there, a very present help in time of trouble. Psalm 46, God is your refuge. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. I love what Bob Meisner shared, and I can't remember if he shared in his sermon or at the seminar, but one of the things he, he said that I thought was so powerful, it's like the Scripture often speaks of God whispering 
God whispers. He doesn't shout at us. He, he, he whispers. And he says, why does God whisper? And I thought it was so pro- profound. You know, when someone whispers to you, it's to let us know that he's not far away. Because in order to hear a whisper, you've got to be close. God's wanting to whisper to us. He's wanting to let us know. Come on, that's powerful, right? That, 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 that he is close to you. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Stop fearing. Stop being afraid. Even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling, there is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place, the tabernacle of the Most High. A God is in the midst of her. Whatever your situation, whatever your problem, God can be in the midst of it. And He shall not be moved. God shall help her. Just at the break of dawn, the nations raged and the kingdoms were moved. He uttered His voice and the earth melted. Such is the power of our God. The Lord of hosts is with us. The Lord of hosts is with you. The God of Jacob is your refuge. Come behold the works of the Lord who made desolations in the earth. He makes wars. Listen, he makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. What does that mean to me? That no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. No matter what arrow, no matter what spear comes again, he will break the arrow, cut the spear. He burns the chariot with fire. And that's why we can be still. And know that I am God. What are you worrying about? What are you stressing about? Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord, the host, is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. The God of Jacob is your refuge. And the Kippah reminds every Jewish boy and every Jewish Man, that God is above us. And it should remind us today that God is above us, that God is over us, that God is over our hearts, over our thoughts, and over our lives. Whatever we do, wherever we go, there is no place out of the reach of God. Somebody say amen. Amen. You know, one of the highlights of our tour time was the time that we spent around the sea of of Galilee, 300 of us gathered on three boats, 100 on each boat, sailed out. These are actual uh, footage of that. And we, we, we actually sailed out into the Sea of Galilee. Then they tied the boats together. And then we had a nanny worship session. And it was powerful. We had, in fact, we were making so much noise. People were zooming around us with jet skis. That sort of spoiled the moment. But they were driving around with jet skis trying to see what was going on inside the boat. We were making so much noise. But what a powerful time of worship that we have. And of course, if you think about the Sea of Galilee, it's where Jesus spent so much of His life and ministry. So much of His life and ministry was spent on and around the Sea of Galilee. But here's one thing I... I didn't know. One thing I didn't know is that the Sea of Galilee is actually below sea level. 
In fact, the Sea of, sea of Galilee is the world's lowest freshwater lake. In fact, it's 214 metres below sea level, making it the second lowest point on earth. The Dead Sea being the lowest. And it was interesting to me as I reflected on this is that, you know, in this life from time to time, we all have low points. We all have times where we feel like we're going under. Times where we have reached, if you like, rock bottom. Where you're going, this situation that I'm facing, I can't handle it anymore. It's just getting me down. This, this problem that I'm walking through, it, it, it's crushing me. This, this struggle that I'm trying to push through has got me down. This, this, this addiction that I'm trying to deal with, this demon that's, that's captured me, this, this, this habit that's got a hold of my life, this pain, I, I, I mean, I can't handle it. I, I, we all reach places and times where we feel I can't go any lower than this. Maybe you've been there, I know I have. Maybe you've been there or maybe you're there even right now, even today. Oh, people will look at you and you look fine. And, but you know, man, I'm about as low as I, I'm about as low as I can go. And to me, I, and I hope you, that what I say will bring comfort to you. As I reflected on this, that the very Christ who walked and taught and lived among us actually did His greatest miracles in the lowest place. That this Jesus who we follow and love did most of His miracle and ministry in the lowest points. It was in the lowest points that He healed the sick, cleansed the leper. It was in the lowest point that He calmed the storm. It was in the lowest point that He opened the eyes of the blind. It was in the lowest point that He fed the 5,000. 5, it was in the lowest point that He freed the man caught up with a legion of demons. And it blows my mind to think that He who is from the highest place would come to the lowest place and would set us free of the storms and the battles and the struggles and the pain that we are walking through. Oh, He could have, he could have stayed there, but He who is in the highest place, the God who is above everything would come to the very lowest place and it's in, his, in that lowest place that He did His best work, His greatest miracles. And friend, I want you to know here today, maybe you're in that lowest place. You're thinking, could God ever sort me out? Could God ever set me free? I'm so low. I, I don't know. I can't go on. I want to tell you, He will meet you in the lowest place. Come on, somebody. 
See, He understands the low places. He understands the wilderness. We, we, he understands the wilderness places. That's why Hebrews 4.15 says, we, we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet did not sin. And that's why you and I, friend, we can approach God's throne of grace with confidence. See, some of us, when we get so low, we run away from God. I want to tell you, no matter how low you go, I want you to run to Him. Run to Jesus. Run to Him. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy. Oh, do you need mercy today? Find grace and help in our time of need. You've got to know today He gets you. No matter how low we might go, you might be at a low point. Like I say right now, that's where Christ does His best ministry. His most powerful miracles. And I want you to know today that there is no place so low that God's hand cannot reach and save you. That God's cannot, hand cannot reach and calm your storm. Deal with your demons. God is our refuge, it says. And strength, the very present help in times of trouble. He's there. Our covering, our hope, our life, your covering, your hope, your life, whatever you've done, wherever you are, He's there. And that's why you can trust in the Lord with all of your heart. You can lean not on your understanding, but you can acknowledge Him in all of your ways, and He will make your path straight. Has your path been crooked? Has your path been blocked? Oh, acknowledge Him today. Say, God, I need you. Will you meet me in the lowest place? Will you meet me where my heart is broken? Will you, will you deal with the demons in my life? Will you calm the storms that rage across my waters? He who is in the highest place came to the lowest place. That we might be free. Trust Him. Follow Him. Give your life to Him. Walk in His way. Follow His commands. See His decrees. And learn of Him. He's gentle and humble of heart. Allow Christ to lead you. Allow Christ to direct you even in the low places of your life. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, I got, I'm, I'm just going through stuff today. I'm going through stuff today. I feel like the low, I feel like you've just read my file. I, you've just, man, I'm going through some stuff. I, if that's you today, and you, I, I'm going to just say a prayer in a moment. If that's you today and you say, man, would you say a prayer for me? I'm, I'm I'm in a low place. 
There's no shame in that. That's where Jesus meets us. If you're here today and you're saying, that's me, would you include me in a prayer? Would you just put your hand up wherever you are? You, you know you've been in a low place today. Is there anyone here today? There's not a salvation thing. I'm asking, are you? you you're going through troubled things. Stuff's happening. Thank you. Down the back there. Anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you, sir. Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? Come on. Don't. 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 He, he's here. He's here. The God who was able to do it initially more. Come on. I know more will be walking through different stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you over here, down here. Come on, we need Him. Run to Him. Run to Him. Run to Him. Come on, if you want to be included in that prayer, you know you've got stuff. Stop pretending. You know you've got stuff in your life you need sorting out. Come on, put your hand up. I know there's more. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, we just pray right now for every single person who is acknowledged today under the sound of my voice. Father God, for every demon that they're dealing with, every storm that they're walking through, every battle that they're facing, every pain and struggle that they're going through, whether it be medical, whether it be financial, whether it be whatever it is, whether it be in relationships, whatever area it is, we pray you, the God of all miracles, would touch those situations right now. You would touch those situations right now. You're the God who can set people free the one who washes our feet, the one who cleanses lepers. I tell you, every, every leprous spirit in Jesus' name, be gone in Jesus' name. Those things, the hold. I speak to addiction right now that's, that's gripping lives. I break it in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that we would walk out of here fresh and new because of the power of the name that the God who was in the highest place came to the lowest place to set me free. So I pray for every one of those people here today and everyone under the sound of my voice that they might know the blessing of God that makes rich and adds no sorrow. That they be blessed in the country and blessed in the city. We choose life today. We honor you, King of kings, Lord of lords. We say thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for all you've done paid the price so we didn't have to receive the truth of that in a fresh way today in Jesus name and everybody said amen can we stand and honor the king of kings in this place just one more time